22 minutes after 8 right here on Metro FM Talk. I'm Melanie Bala standing in for Ayabonga Trawe. And as you just heard, it's time for our tech conversations. Today we're tapping into the metaverse. Um, if you've heard that before, I'm sure you have. Maybe you've heard it, but you don't know what it is. Or maybe you've heard it, you know what it is. But you're going to be really interested in the news coming out of Dubai, saying that they're preparing to make part of its offices available in the metaverse and that's the government of dubai so really interesting we've got our resident tech researcher yam gelas bengani here to break it down for us um, and explain to those of us who aren't quite sure what the metaverse is good evening and welcome Uh, good evening melanie and good evening to the listeners at home thank you for having me thank you so much for joining us i think let's start right at the beginning what is the metaverse so uh, to, to, to give a, a simplified explanation, so the concept of virtual reality um, is, is being integrated with the Internet. So with the Internet, I'm able to go online on Google or Bing or whatever search engine, and I'm able to interact with websites or, or do e-commerce, uh, purchase on Amazon or take a lot uh, um, or fill in a government form and get a certain government service through e-government portals, uh, like when you want to apply for a driver's license online or uh, anything that you can do that interacts with the Internet. But now the metaverse actually takes it and integrates virtual reality. So you'd be able to wear virtual reality headsets while you are sitting on your couch. And instead of uh, going on, on the Amazon store, in the metaverse, you'd actually be able to walk into Amazon as a supermarket, be able to take things off the shelf because your virtual self will actually be able to interact with this world. So in the case of uh, a, a store, what the metaverse will resemble is me actually doing shopping, but I won't be physically in the shop. I'll actually have a virtual reality embodiment of myself doing this shopping in, in a more realistic uh, way than I would just sitting at home, uh, pick something and throw it on a shopping cart. Uh, and if I am to be interacting with government, it would be me walking into the government offices in a virtual reality platform, and they would have all the infrastructure that allows me to seem like I'm there in person while I'm sitting on my couch just wearing these virtual reality headsets. Listen, you heard me and I can go shopping without leaving my house. So, you know, I'm, I'm sold already. But I mean, so as you say, how will that work exactly? Um, walking into the government department, getting the services required. How, how is the strategy of Dubai's to take their government services into the metaverse? How is this going to boost uh, people coming into the country, going to boost their GDP? Because they're claiming it's going to boost the GDP by close to $4 billion. And that, that is the, we were talking in excess of uh, 60 billion uh, rand here. Yeah. Oh. Um, and it's, it, it, it's actually a, a smart way because the government is actually taking the lead in bringing the technology and accommodating the technology into the country. And what now happens, for instance, is that they are able to create an immersive experience. Imagine now you are trying to apply for a visa into Dubai mm-hmm. and you can just Take uh, your virtual reality headsets, Google uh, uh, headsets or, or Oculus Rift owned by Facebook, wear them, and you are able to have a visa application that is personalized. You can actually speak to consultants and engage them as if you were at a visa center, uh, or you are able to have a tourism uh, exhibition 
on your couch wearing the virtual reality headset and you're able to interact as if you were there. So this creates an immersive experience that wants to draw people into investing and uh, developing things in Dubai as an economy because they'll be attracting the talent that wants to actually play in this space. A lot of developers that are doing virtual reality development, metaverse development, are actually going to create an ecosystem in which other businesses will be able to be drawn into it because it's being supported by the government. And this ecosystem, in turn, boosts the economy of Dubai. Okay, let me ask a question because I'm not sure if I'm understanding this part correctly. So you're saying if I had to put on the... the, uh VR headsets and I now walk into the office of uh, whatever, let's say uh, immigration or whatever to apply for a visa. Is the person, and I'm using the word person because I'm not sure if that's correct, is the person I'm interacting with from, in inverted commas, Dubai, a real person on the other side or is it a computer program? Uh, it's easily a computer program. So the thing about the metaverse is that I can set up People who are able to, the, the same way that if you are interacting, you go onto a website um, and uh, I've, I've set up a robot that can ask you, hi, how can I help you? Right. Uh, you? You know those robots that are able to actually answer questions and give you an immersive experience. There can also be people behind that, but you can also programmatically set up robots. So in the metaverse, you could be interacting with something that is a person uh, who's behind it, or it could be set up as a robot uh, that is programmed specifically to deal with your requirements at this specific time, and it will look like a person and you won't know the difference. Fascinating. So, I mean, a part of besides the money aspect um, around how they're planning to implement implement the metaverse, they're also talking about 40,000-ish virtual jobs. So what are those jobs made up of? So now these are actual... Uh, jobs that would have been done at a physical point of view. Uh, but now what is going to happen is that a lot of uh, the requirements that are going to be government services have to be manned in the metaverse. Because uh, before you can actually program these programs, you have to get people to do them, and then we they apply what you call machine learning. So the robots learn from people to be able to start interacting with, in a certain way to know what is the right question to ask, to know what the processes are to follow. But before the robot through machine learning can get there, actual people are going to be sitting behind virtual reality sets. And when a Melanie Bala goes in and looks for a service on the metaverse from the Dubai government, you'll be interacting with someone who's employed who's also sitting uh, behind a virtual reality headset, and they can be able to interact with you as almost as the two of you are in the same room in person, but you are sitting on opposite ends of the world. That's really interesting. So, I mean, technically, those, let's say, 40,000 people could be in any other country also, not necessarily in Dubai. Definitely. So these could be developers who are sitting in Silicon Valley or China, uh, still spread all over the world, uh, who are able to actually execute these things for uh, for uh, the Dubai government. And some of these are cloud architects who are able to virtualize and run the system. People are going to make sure that it's backed up. People are going to perform the cybersecurity elements of it to make sure that no sensitive government uh, information is accessed by intruders who are trying to brute force and stuff like that. So it becomes an ecosystem of all these high-tech jobs uh, that can be done by anyone sitting anywhere in fact. 
Fascinating. I really, I'm going to say fascinating after everything you say, because it really is incredibly interesting to me. Um, you know, the Crown Prince of Dubai, who is uh, just 34 years old, right, um, has really kind of focused not only on this, the metaverse, but I know Dubai is also big on cryptocurrency. Uh, do you think the fact that he is so young plays a big role in how Dubai is moving through this kind of this new era, this new frontier? Look, um, you are bringing me into quite a political question, but hey, just his um, age. Just his age. <laughs> look, um, I, I would say that uh, someone who's 34 and someone who's 74 will understand these things in a bit of a different way. Uh, there's an immersive experience that someone who's in their 30s will have with this technology, and there's a bit of technological repulsiveness that our elderly citizens have. So maybe it does influence. I don't want to uh, lay any any or cast any uh, shadows and stones on our older statement, sure. but uh, perhaps we should be looking in that direction too if you want to have the metaverse in South Africa. Oh, I mean, that was where my next question was going to be in terms of not necessarily on perhaps such a huge scale, but are there areas you think in South Africa where we could take this technology and apply it? Absolutely, everywhere. I mean, um, this this is the next iteration of what we know as the Internet. And if we don't pioneer it, if we don't take the first step and dig in, uh, then other people are going to come in and they're going to sell it to us. You know, uh, I look at our government, how we're so dependent on foreign technologies to run every aspect of government, be it Microsoft solutions, Oracle solutions, uh, Cisco solutions, so everything that we run is not homegrown. And, and that is mainly because when the Internet came out, the people who immersed themselves in it became leaders and they dominated in it. And they were able to find the first technologies that they could then commercialize and sell to the rest of the world. This is going to be something that happens with uh, the metaverse, uh, which is the next iteration of what the Internet is going to be. Uh, countries like Dubai, countries like China, uh, countries like the United States, uh, they are going to try and get the lead so that they can dominate this era of the Internet. And then if countries like South Africa and the so-called global South don't actually start digging in, finding ways of uh, being leaders in these solutions, we'll still be buying technologies that run the metaverse from elsewhere again, whereas this could be our chance to develop things that we can sell to the so-called global North or the Western world. Yeah, even just for the continent as such, you know, as you say, if we're able to put the money into developing these technologies um, and then be able to actually capitalize capitalize off of it by us for us, you know, that expression. Um, Something else I wanted to touch on is the fact that, you know, the spectrum that has just been auctioned off. How is that going to is that going to assist South Africa in helping us to build these technologies? Absolutely. So uh, the idea of, of, of uh, the fifth iteration of, of GSM, which we know as 5G, mm-hmm. is definitely now uh, bringing in a lot of speed from the upgrade that is LTE or, or 4G. Um, and, and this speed is also uh, an enabler for things like the metaverse, things like connectivity in the cloud, things like the Internet of Things, where we have connected cards that are able to be updated over the air and, and, and roll in new updates as they come in, connected phones, connected homes. Uh, so this new spectrum, uh, and as we roll out what we call 5G, will enable these connections because the speed is so, so much higher 
It's so uh, the, the bandwidth is much more stable, and it will allow uh, these technologies to play out in a, in a much better scenario than if we were running them over 4G. So it's basically uh, an iteration of the GSM technology that is going to allow things like the metaverse to be easy. It's going to allow more of the democratization of, of internet connectivity because we hope that it will make it so cheap that everyone has access because in Africa we know we, we, we speak of something uh, called the digital divide. Mm-hmm. There the, the are a few people who are living in the concentrated urban areas who are who are earning uh, higher than the relative uh, person in, in the continent who have access to these technologies. But there's a lot of people who are still left behind in 2G, in 3G, and these are being phased out. And we are hoping that the, the, the role out of 5G will actually democratize access because with access, you are able to sell to so much more. You are able to get um, so many more people uh, and, and, and not only consumers, but developers and platforms like the Metaverse, because they can have innovative ideas. Like, who says hawkers can't sell their goods on the Metaverse, for instance, or uh, subsistence farmers or, or flea markets in the Metaverse? So if we can imagine this for our reality and our way of life, we can also capitalize on it. And how, I mean, how would payment systems work in something like that? You know, if you're saying a, 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 a trader in, in Accra could sell something to someone in Djibouti, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's the same way that you buy something from Amazon, it gets delivered from Amazon. Uh, you use payment gateway that is called Stripe or, or PayGate or PayFast, uh, and uh, you are able to execute these transactions. That, that technology will still be available. Uh, you'll even maybe be able to tap your phone uh, on your virtual reality headset or a joystick and it will facilitate that wireless NFC payment and you'll get what you want delivered to your doorstep. Fantastic stuff. I want to offer him slightly from virtual reality and the metaverse that we've been talking about and just quickly touch on, you know, this uh, the, the news we've been hearing this week about the proposed merger of Telcom and MTN. MTN, of course, looking to buy out Telcom. How will that assist in terms of our technology, uh, our te- te- sorry, our telecoms and technology uh, landscape here in South Africa? Um, it's it's a very tricky one uh, because uh, it's it's so multifaceted. Um, in in for people who are proponents of the technological aspects of of growth of MTN being able to then invest a lot of money that is now in the telecom uh, infrastructure, telecom being a smaller player than the MTN and 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 Vodacom, it will mean that uh, MTNs. Uh, access to a bigger balance sheet is able to then take the infrastructure that Telcom has, including uh, OpenServe, which is which is your home fiber and, and, and so on, uh, to be able to handle uh, growth uh, of, of the 5G rollout. But there's also the other aspect that do we want our, our broadband or telecommunication space to gravitate towards a duopoly because yeah. um, our Telcom is the only other you know, legitimate competitor to the two big uh, network mobile providers in, in Vodacom and MTN. Uh, Selfie has been struggling a lot uh, uh, in, in, in recent times. So if, if, if MTN is allowed to buy Telcom, uh, uh, will Vodacom then decide they are going to cannibalize um, uh, Selfie and we are going to end up with the geopoly? Uh, is, is, is the market structure going to benefit uh, uh, the lowest of the lowest, which are the people who are trying to bring access 
to the internet for? Are, are these people not going to in turn uh, say we are going to price our internet in a certain way and it's not going to be accessible to someone like Kailicha or Soweto or Ekofimvaba and, and so on? Are, are these the, the, the things that we are going to or niggle with in the marketplace because we are creating a market structure that... Uh, is, is, is moving towards monopolization by a duopoly or do you want a democratized uh, marketplace where there are smaller players and it allows more competitive behavior in that space. So it's, it's, it's a give and take and it's a very delicate balance of, of trying to achieve these things because in the market we have seen that duopolies always tend towards higher prices and price fixing and, mm-hmm. and, and, and so on. Monopoly is the same. Uh, and so um, there, there are there are facts that say it would be a good thing and the facts that say, no, 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 we don't want that in our market structure. So it's very difficult to just uh, paint it out as being good or bad. Definitely going to have to see how it unfolds. Chatting to Yam Geller Spengani, our technology researcher here on Tech Conversations. And stay on the line, we've got a question that has come through for you, Yam Geller. No problem at all. Uh, good evening, uh, Mel Bala, from uh, lady. Um, I just wanted to know about this metaverse that a normal person who stays in the location uh, how can he or she get one do we like uh, uh, what you call sign up or download or what i i have no idea so i just needed to know that you know um yes it's it is interesting but uh, we sometimes have to look at the aspects of other people you know, in terms of um, the middle, whatever, and the low ones, you know. Yeah, so yeah, let's get the answers from the guy, if, if it's possible to get one. It absolutely is possible. Yamkela, do you want to respond to that? Yes, um, let's give it a go. So um, in, in South Africa, I mean, we have not seen a, a, a wide adoption of, of, of the metaverse. So... Uh, People must not see it as getting one. It's, it's like having Google on your on your on your mobile headset or, or Bing or another another browser because the, the, there are other browsers. We just know Google because they have about eighty nine percent of the market share of 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 of, of all uh, web search engines. But there are other web search engines, and probably this is what's going to start moving towards in the metaverse. There are going to be dominant players that allow you access to the metaverse that are going to happen. But a lot of uh, companies like Amazon are starting to build experiences around that. Facebook uh, actually changed its name Meta because they want to also take social media towards that direction. So instead of having news feed and 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 and, and uh, posting. You'll be able to get into a chat room uh, where you wear an Oculus Rift headset from Facebook and you're able to sit in a room with someone from America and and, and it will be like you are sitting uh, in person in the same living room and they'll be like halfway across the world or or completely on the other side of the world. It's a portal. It's not something you own. It's Mm -hmm. a portal just like the Internet. It's just an iteration that incorporates what we call virtual reality. So we, we believe that as this gets adopted, and more and more people move into it. More, more, more companies will be able to develop the the, the gear, the headsets mm. that you can use. Now, some of these headsets, in fact, incorporate you just putting your smartphone in it and activating uh, 
uh, certain signals, and then you'll be able to connect to the to the metaverse. Uh, we know that when the when the iPhone and the Android phones came out, they were very expensive, but we now have very accessible, similar kind of phones. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it will trickle down as well in, in terms of being able to access this technology so that someone in, in Naledi who did not have a smartphone in 2008 will now now have a smartphone and then soon enough they will have a virtual reality headset and they'll be able to interact with this technology that we call the metaverse. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, the technology eventually always does trickle down. Thank you, Yamkela, for your time this evening. It's been really, really interesting to me. You know, I, I was I was saying earlier to Andile that, you know, I have teenagers. And so when they speak, sometimes I'm like, what? What? Like it, a lot of it goes over my head. So uh, it was great for you to explain it. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Good evening to the listeners as well. All right. That's our tech conversations right here on Metro FM Talk. We'll be right back.